Welcome to Spark. I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Nicola Skino. And together we're here as your hosts for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, we will discuss how going gluten-free changed my life, how you can be your own doctor, and why having good neighbors is simply awesome. All right, Nicole, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> how are you and little baby girl? We are doing good. We're getting bigger. I'm starting to feel some little movements going on in there, so it's getting real. <laughs> Ooh, how? so what week are you at? I am at week 21 right now. Okay. Do you have one of those apps that tells you like what fruit your baby is? Totally. And I like to change it because there's ones like real life objects. And then sometimes I change it to the one that's an animal. They're always funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to put, I like to change them up. Um, but right now we're at the size of a banana or a paper airplane, which I like that one better. <laughs> That is a bizarre comparison. I know. I love it, though. I like the paper airplane sight, like the thought of that. <laughs> that is funny. The banana is kind of weird to me, too, because yeah, <laughs> the shape of a banana is weird. Yeah, the, 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 the fruit one is always strange, but I like the animal ones. They're super fun, too, but a lot of times it's animals I've never heard of. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> So what's been going on? So we, I guess we are recording and it's, so we're a little off on time. We're a little ahead of the game, but we haven't talked about Easter and all the Ooh, festivities yes. we've had. So what did you guys do for Easter? Um, well, that's when we had the big gender reveal party and all mm -hmm. of that fun stuff with those lovely <clears throat> cupcakes with pink stuff inside. Uh, how about you guys? And you guys had Zoe's birthday too. Oh, we did. But wait, let's go back to this gender reveal thing oh, because... <laughs> I tried to skate right by it. <laughs> I know. See, the, yeah, if you don't know Nicole, like, you don't understand how, like, not Nicole the idea of a gender reveal party is. <laughs> it is so not Nicole. Oh, I took one for the team on that one. A lot of yeah. people were excited about it, so I was like, okay, I'm going to be excited about it. <laughs> I know. It's funny when you start having babies, and, like, I think when you get married, too, like, everybody has their own way of celebrating, and so you kind of, like, you know... With families and stuff, you have to give a little. Totally. And it's it's hard for me to be the center of attention. So anything like this is whew, outside of my comfort zone. But I was like, okay, all right, babe, take a one for the team. You owe me later. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. But see, as you get bigger, you realize, like, everywhere you go, everyone's going to talk to you. It, oh, yeah. I'm, and I'm waiting for the... The, the full-on touches and stuff my sister was telling me that's coming too and I was like okay all right I'm ready <laughs> it's so fun I know it's I think because we do so much assisting and in, in yoga it that doesn't bother me at all and I don't I never felt like I got a lot of the belly touches and I probably got more that I realized just because it, it didn't really bother me yeah um but yeah, there is something about a pregnant woman's belly. I want to do it too. Yeah. And then I have to like stop myself because I'm like, oh, not everyone likes this. Totally. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I'll mind that as much. I think for the same reason, like my personal bubble is very small. Um, so I, I don't really, I don't think it'll bother me at all. It's the whole like, 
I'm the full-on topic of the conversation. I'm like, <laughs> I want out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and everyone's looking directly at me. And then especially when you tell people you're pregnant, then they're all like analyzing your body. Like, how did we not notice this? And then I'm like, they're looking at me. <laughs> yeah, wow, that it, that's true. In a different way. So I think it's for me, it's just being the center of attention on, on anything. <laughs> it's hard. But yes, girl, I did it. We made it. Good, good for you. Well, I'm proud of you. It's a big, <laughs> big feat. But no, yeah, our Easter was great. We just had a brunch at my mom's with a few friends. And yeah, Zoe's birthday party was the day before. Real small couple friends and family. It was fun. And it was so, because Luke wasn't walking on his first birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zoe's like full on walking and we put this, you know, cute little dress on her. And I mean, it was just so cute. She had her first. I gave her a little piece of my brownie. It's like her first sweet. And she went nuts. <laughs> oh, I bet she loved it. Oh, how fun. I love when they do that with little kids. <laughs> I know. I think uh, we posted on Instagram, Coach A Wags, we posted a picture from her birthday. So you guys should check it out because she's so precious. Oh, she is. She melts me. Oh, so anyway. All right. So we have... Um, Well, we're kind of are combining a lot of our segments this week. It's all related. And um, it's kind of interesting that we're on episode 23. And I haven't really talked about this yet because we've talked about a lot of different diet things. But um, Laura writes, I would love to hear more about why you eat gluten free and how you eat gluten free. I struggle with staying on my gluten free diet and would love some tips. So I get asked this question a lot because I haven't had gluten in a really long time. So this I'm going to go I'm going to do a sucky moment throwback. That'll have to be a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Here's our sucky scale. One being kind of sucky. Five being super sucky. One. <sighs> two. Three. Seriously? Four. Five. Yeah, because I was like, let's just make this all kind of related. And my sucky moment at this stage of my life was a five plus. We might have to pull out the special sound for plus. <laughs> I loved that one. <laughs> Um, this was like circa 2008 and I had a knee surgery and I, my stomach just went crazy. And I think I got an ulcer from all the medication that I was on. I've always had a sensitive stomach, but it got to the point where I couldn't eat anything without getting sick. And I had just met John. It was kind of a rough way to start. Like he met me and the first date I was like, I don't need my crutches anymore. And then like the second or third date, I can't remember which one. I think it was my the third date. I was back on the crutches and I'm like, well, here I am. Here's the real me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> crutches and all. I know. I only gave him the ambassador of me for two dates. And then I was like, I don't have the energy to pretend. So here it is. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so he helped me from the beginning because he was really there from the beginning with me with stomach aches. But I would be on the couch and I lost all this weight, which I'm not a very big person to begin with. So I was very like 
below my weight that I should have been. And I just was in so much pain. And I remember I got really depressed because I kept thinking I can't live this way. Like it was that bad. And I went to several different GI doctors. I've, I've had every test under the sun throughout the years. They, they used to say I had irritable bowel, which I've decided is we don't know what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's like they just kind of slap it on and I guess they have medications for it now. Um, but I'm still like, Something about it just never felt right because I was like, I just, my body's trying, I just kept saying, like, my body's trying to tell me something. Like, my intuition is saying that something is not right. I just don't know what it is. And so, um, <clears throat> John actually suggested, because I tried what I thought was, like, everything. And he said, have you tried gluten-free before? Like, he knew somebody that had gone gluten-free and it was, like, life-changing. So, this was, like, 2008, so... I mean, I didn't even have an iPhone at the time. I mean, a smartphone, nothing. And so I remember going to Central Market, him and I just like, we went to the customer service desk and asked for like a pamphlet on gluten-free because we couldn't look anything up. We didn't know what it meant. Like, we're like, what? What can we buy? You know? (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. So long story short, basically, after two to three weeks of attempting gluten-free, it was unbelievable. And, you know, I grew up where... And I'm sure most of us did, whereas like if you had a stomach ache, they taught you just eat things like pasta and bread and things that are crackers, right? Like mm-hmm. things that are, I don't know, bland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so little did I know, I was going to Cafe Express every day getting pasta and bread and I was making myself sicker and sicker and sicker. Oh my goodness. How crazy is that? Yeah. And so... I figured out that it worked and they had tested me for celiac. So celiac, I want to kind of define the differences. So celiac disease is a disease where, I mean, I don't know this exact specifics, but it's an actual disease where if you eat gluten, you can die over time because your body, like the gluten actually destroys the little cilia that's in your intestines, like little hairs. And so when they, when they take tests and they look at your intestines and your stomach and everything like they can see the damage. And so I didn't have that. And they can also do a blood test. But I had heard, you know, oh, well, you can still have an intolerance. and You could actually still have celiac and not know it, and all this stuff. But my doctor never suggested, oh, well, you might just be intolerant. Like it was just like, no, you don't have celiac. It's not gluten. So my inspired action for and this is for everyone is like take control of your health. And I don't mean to say that your doctors aren't valuable. I There's so many amazing doctors out there, but you can on some level be your own doctor and really listen to your body, find the right people to support you, do research and be vigilant about it. If you if you have that thing in, in your head and your body that's saying something's not right, it's, it's telling you something. Mm-hmm. I think there's definite intuition there that you have to rely on. Like your body is definitely trying to tell you something and Nobody else is going to listen on the level that you're going to listen to it. Yeah, because they're not living in it in every day. And what's great, I mean, people still now, so it's, you know, it's been like eight or nine years. And when people hear I haven't had gluten in eight or nine years, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I'm not. Like, I look back at that time. I am I'm so grateful that, one, there was a solution because I was really at a point where I thought I can't live this way. I mean, I, I was like, I don't I don't know how I could live every day. I would be so miserable. So there, there is a solution. And two, it's not medication. It doesn't cost me anything. And it's mm-hmm. just a lifestyle change, which I I shouldn't say just. It was very challenging for several years. But once I figured it out, it's just it's just it's the way I eat. It's not a choice. And so I think that's one of the things that 
is really important. If you have celiac or gluten intolerance or any kind of intolerance or sickness with food, you have to make the decision that you can't have that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a choice there. So I, I literally never look at a bread basket and go, maybe I'll have bread. Like, it's just like, oh, I can't eat bread, period. And what's nice about that is you don't have to make the decision. So it, it's just, it, I never even think about bread because I don't, I can't eat it, you know? Yeah, I think that takes the emotion out of it, too. Like, you don't, you no longer have this attachment to bread. Like, some people who talk about, like, oh, I can never go off bread. I'm like, there's an emotional attachment there. But if you can't have it, like, it's a rule. I just, I don't eat bread, you know? Oh, totally. And, I mean, I will tell you guys, listeners, I mean, I'm Italian. My maiden name is Barisi or Berese. And... I grew up with a major pot. I mean, we lived on pasta and bread and my mom's Christmas cookies. And I mean, you name it. And it was it was wheat, wheat, gluten, gluten, everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I remember my sister-in-law, my brother's <clears throat> my brother's wife has a lot of stomach issues. And I think she, they figured out she had colitis. But before they'd figured it out. She had gone gluten free for a while. And I remember my mom making like special stuff for her. And I remember saying out loud, I could never eat gluten free. I'm like, don't ever say anything like that out loud. <laughs> mm -hmm, don't. Mm -mm. No, not until you've like had to, to you've had to try it. <laughs> yeah. But what's great about it is that it's like we're so strong so we can do anything really so it's like if you want to think about being healthy and how it makes you feel for me it's not an option like I it's just not an option and I'm so grateful that there is the solution so uh, I want to share this because I think it's really empowering for people because a lot of people see it as so limiting but I see it as an opportunity it's like an opportunity to be healthy and to take control of my health and it doesn't cost me any money. I mean, how? Sh I mean, the amount of money and time I spent and pain on some of these tests. A lot of the GI tests are not fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I haven't had stomach issues in a very long time. So it's it's definitely amazing. So, um, but I do want to talk about. There's a lot of talk about gluten intolerance, and over the past eight or nine years since I've had it. It's amazing to see. Like when I remember going to Central Market, the amount of gluten-free products was so tiny and they were so disgusting. It was awful. And now it's very, very easy to find stuff that's tasty. And what I'll tell you is that if you eat food, real food, it's all gluten-free. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Most of it, right? So um, a lot of the hidden gluten, which you know I'll talk about in a second, and the stuff that you don't know about is really ends up being stuff that's bad for you anyway. But before that, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to talk a little bit about why is there such a rise in this? Because I've been doing a lot of research over the years because I'm like, yeah, why is this the case? And, you know, why do kids have peanut allergies? Like, do you, I never remember any kid in my high, my school having peanut allergies. Do you? No, me neither. And all through school. But when I became a teacher, um, I started seeing it. I was teaching at the middle school level at first. I had two kids there. And then as I came down to the elementary school, I literally, I had one every year. And I was like, how rare is a peanut allergy that now we're seeing them all the time? Like it was bizarre to me. Oh, yeah. It, <clears throat> it's really interesting. So I'll just give a few pointers and then I'm going to put an article in the show notes that's helpful and I'm pulling from this article. But I have heard this a long time ago and I think I, I'm convinced this is like the number one reason. But 
It says that wheat grain has been altered to provide crops that are more resistant to drought and bake more easily. Our stomachs have not adapted as quickly to these changes. And we're eating more wheat products now than ever before. I had heard a long time ago that like they used to process wheat in the sun for like, I don't know, something like two years. And now they've just, with everything just being, you know, changed and automated, that it's it doesn't have the same process it had. And again, our stomachs can't digest it. So that made a lot of sense to me. Um, because I was thinking like, there's no way, I mean, maybe there is a way that this many people had the intolerance like with our parents and grandparents and they were all just suffering, but I don't know. I feel like something's changed. Um, they also said that a rise in the use of antibiotics um, in food has also changed the way that our gut flora, uh, it damages it. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and <laughs> this I thought was really fascinating. Our environment has become much cleaner over the past 50 years. So some scientists are saying that our clean and sterile environment has made our antibodies not able to fend off so many bugs and infections. And as a consequence, our bodies overreact to any items that should be harmless. So wheat and peanuts are the common culprits in these studies. Oh, that's interesting. I've never, I've never heard that before, but it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I had never heard that one either. I was like, ah, oh, but you think you think about it now, like the school supplies list now every year was like lots of hand sanitizer, Lysol, Kleenex. And when when I was little bitty, like there was no such thing <laughs> there, yeah. there. I don't even know if hand sanitizer was a thing when I was little. Like, I don't remember hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't have that. No way. And they, I, I've heard that you're not really supposed to use it because it makes, you know, it makes your body not be able to fend off the the bad stuff, but, um, and then let's see four and five. I didn't connect with as much. Well, four is it's our constant use of diets has led to vitamin deficient people. So they interfere with the body's ability to suppress immune cells. These diets suppress the body's immune system from attacking gluten particles. So that was, you know, interesting. And then the last thing that they said was genetics could play a part. So, and that's, I don't know about that in my family, but I'm, I'm convinced that my dad probably has a gluten allergy and my brother maybe a little bit, but he, he doesn't want to, <laughs> doesn't want he won't consider it. So sometimes with the intolerances, that's the thing. It's so tough is a lot of people won't, um, try it out because it's such a lifestyle change. Totally. That's how I was with, um, dairy products is I, I'm not allergic. I just don't process them well. So it was really just making the whole decision. Like, are you really going to suffer every time you eat ice cream, drink milk, eat yogurt, <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's a very big difference between an allergy and intolerance. You have to have a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, internal determination, motivation to be like, all right, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to suffer like that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because I have the same thing. I have a um, lactose intolerance. And I remember in college, I have like, I'm the special case for all these kinds of food things. But what, again, what's cool about it is that it's all a solution in just choosing different foods. So mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I just, I'm so grateful that it's that and not something else. But I remember in college, um, yeah, just eating really badly. And I was so used to eating healthy and meals being prepared in high school as you know, most of us did. So I went into the dining hall and I would eat a mac and, mac and cheese all the time. And I remember coming home going, mom, I think the mac and cheese at the, 
at Trinity is bad because I just get sick every time I eat it. And then, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And then I'd say like, oh, it might be because I went to the ice cream station twice today. You know, like I'm making myself sick just eating all this junk. And my doctor was like, I think you might be lactose intolerant. So she had me do like a diary and that whole thing. So. I totally relate to that. And I still, the the difference between that and my gluten allergy or intolerance rather is that I can have some dairy. I can have things Mm -hmm. that are like, I can't ever have ice cream. I, no matter how much lactate I have, I will never touch ice cream, true ice cream, because I will get so sick. Mm -hmm. But I can have, you know, some cheese if I take a lactate. How how are you with that? No, see, mine is, uh, mine's not that severe. Mine's just a, it's interesting in the bathroom later, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not to the point of where I have to take anything. It's just extremely uncomfortable for like the next 24 hours. And it's to the point where I'm like, that's not worth it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you should, but you should try to take a lactate because if you take it before you eat it, it helps it gives you the enzyme that you're lacking to help digest the lactose. Oh, really? I'll have to try that because I've never, I've never tried that before. So that would be, that would be interesting because we just kind of cut out uh, all dairy and then special occasions, you know, I'll get ice cream, you know, once every never because I love ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but when we do get it, it's, a, it's the same kind of situation. So yeah, that would be neat to try. Yeah, I have like, I buy like the Costco size packs <laughs> of the pills because I yeah so I'll give, I'll give you some but um yes. but they don't have a thing like that for gluten and there's mm. most people or I shouldn't say most people I don't know that that's true I just made that up but I know for me gluten if I just have a tiny bit I will be super sick so it's not like it's an all-or-nothing thing but mm-hmm. it's just again you have to know your body um so how do you go about doing this so I remember Oh my gosh, so many people in trainings and all kinds of things just say like, will you write a blog post? Will you do something? I'm like, how do you do this? So here's my blog post on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, please feel free to email me because I am more than happy to help. But you have to be prepared. That's my biggest and best piece of advice because if you are just like, I'm going to wing it, you're going to end up eating gluten and you're going to get sick. So know where the hidden gluten is. And that was the thing that was the hardest in the beginning. I was like, where's all this gluten? What, you know, what is gluten, first of all, and where is it? You know, the obvious things you're going to know, you're going to know it's in pasta, you're going to know it's in bread, but it's in soy sauce. What? You know, Um, now they have soy sauce that's gluten free, that's not made from wheat, but you have to buy it. So I'm like the weirdo going to the sushi restaurant with my bottle of soy sauce. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. But like, that's, that's seriously what I never would have guessed. I never would have known that it was in soy sauce. I know. And now a lot of places have uh, tamari, gluten-free tamari or whatever, but some, like my favorite sushi restaurant still doesn't. And so I actually bought little packets. You can buy little gluten-free packets. So I carry those in my purse all the time. Um, A lot of salad dressings have it, but if you make your own salad dressing or you have a fresh salad dressing, so if you go to a good restaurant, unless it's, I mean, mo- I don't know, most dressings will not have gluten in it because it's not like most dressings have flour, right? Mm. But right. if you go and you buy a dressing on the shelf and it's a craft dressing that will last five years, gluten is one of the things in there that makes it last five years. So, mm-hmm. No, that makes they, sense. Yeah, they use it as a preservative a lot of times. Now, my whole like mindset on all this has changed. I'm like, okay, if a food, if that's 
supposed to, like if I make a, the same type of dressing fresh and it only lasts a week and this one lasts five years, something's not right with this one over here. <laughs> yeah, something's weird about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just like you think about how far away from real does that have to get to be in that bottle? So then I realized how easy it was to make dressings. It is so easy and they taste way better. So I don't even buy dressings anymore, you know, or there's tons that are gluten free. But again, like get real food in your diet and you won't have to worry about it. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones I can put, I can list some ones and maybe I'll do another blog post on the blog. I'll go ahead and do that. I'll commit to listing some more, but there's a lot of, hidden gluten that you wouldn't know about. So that's another thing to research, research, research. Okay. Um, cut out your processed foods, eat fruits, vegetables, lean meats. Um, you know, you obviously have to watch out for flour. So it's going to be obvious like the cupcake or the brownie, but you might not realize that anytime it says like demi glaze, usually a demi glaze has flour in it to thicken it. So Cooking, it's easy because you just put something like cornstarch in instead. So anytime I have a recipe, I just change it up and it's very easy to substitute. When you go to a restaurant, though, you have to ask a lot of questions. Um, and that's kind of a big thing is if you're not sure, try to pick restaurants that have a gluten-free meal or um, sometimes they'll have separate menus Sometimes the chef will come out and talk to you, but I just now say I have an allergy because if they hear the word allergy, they will be serious about it. Mm -hmm. It's a different awareness around that for sure. Yeah, because that's the other thing is a lot of people are like, oh, gluten free is so cool and trendy and it's a diet and all this stuff. And I mean, mm -hmm. I don't I haven't lost any weight on it. I Okay, a lot of times what people do is they'll just take, say, the pasta and then they'll replace it with gluten-free pasta, which is generally what I do. But gluten-free pasta is not any healthier. It's often less healthy and usually more calories. So be careful because a lot of the gluten-free substitutes are actually higher in calories than the other ones. So it's often not a diet. Now, if you take out all the gluten and you don't replace it with gluten-free items and you just are now filling all that space with healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables and lean meats, then you're definitely going to be healthier and probably lose weight. Yes. A um, couple more tips. It, at special events, call and ask for a special meal. So I used to be really shy about this and then I would like go to weddings and I would be starving. And I, I mean, my husband would just be like, oh my gosh, you know, we have to take care of you. So I used to have him call because I was so embarrassed. And <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Like I would get so upset about it. I was so embarrassed by this. I don't, I don't know why. I just felt like I was being so high maintenance and I just didn't want to be the person that had to ask for the special everything. Cause when I order at a restaurant, I'm like, I'm like the special case that's like, I want this, but not this and add this and change this, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think now, like nowadays, it's so much more common. Like, call ahead because they will more than happy to accommodate you. Because like it's now, it's more commonplace. Like they actually have these substitutions available, you know. Oh, totally. Yeah, just and if you don't know the bride or groomer, say it's a wedding, um, or you don't want to bother them, just call the hotel or wherever it's at. I mean, they. So my husband, one of his clients, they had a wedding at the Ritz. It was like his stepdaughter, I think, or something. And so they invited John and I. We didn't know anybody there except for a couple of his students. And we were like, oh, the Ritz, this is so great and fancy. And so we called ahead of time. We're like, can we get a gluten-free meal? I, I basically had my own waiter the whole night. 
<laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> and they made me like the most fantastic meal. And that's the thing is, especially at a place like that, they pay people pay really good money for their events. So they're going to take care of their guests. Mm-hmm. And I just think of how many times I ate like a Lara bar for dinner at a wedding. So. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> no. <clears throat> so that's really important. Um, and always have food you can eat with you. So I always, speaking of Lara bars, I always have one in my bag or try to have fruit or nuts or something just because when you do get hungry, the the quick things to grab where if you're traveling or you're at a store, you know, if I'm at Starbucks, then I'm going to end up grabbing like a bag of chips or like the peanut butter cups because that's the only gluten-free items they have, you know? Yeah, totally. Got to be prepared because the stuff that's, Easy and convenient is definitely not going to be, one, gluten-free, but also probably not your healthiest choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, my, my friend was a vegetarian and she would, you know, it's like you, you can be like a French fry vegetarian. Like she ate crap, but it, there was no meat involved. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you could do the same thing with gluten-free. So you have to be careful. Um, and I know for years I kind of ate the same thing because I was so scared and I didn't know. I knew like the safe things. And so I was like, okay, these are the my three safe restaurants and here's my three safe meals. And that's what I'm going to stick to. And I think I just had to kind of get through that. But now you really don't have to do that. Like research, find your recipes, take care of yourself, reach out and have people support you. Cause there's so many people in that boat, whether it's gluten or something else. I mean, you want to make it so that you feel like you're living your life and you know, you're celebrating the fact that you're healthy. Yeah. And I think it's, a much more commonplace issue now. Like there's a lot of people who are going to relate for sure. Mm-hmm. I think so too. So for all of you guys that have been asking me about it, it's funny. I don't really talk about it very often and I don't know why. I, I mean, probably just cause it's, it's part of my life. So it's not like, I'm sure like you don't walk around going, I'm paleo. <laughs> no, exactly. But I was really excited about this episode cause I didn't know that much about gluten free. So I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait to hear about all of these things. Cause I really, I didn't know what gluten was or what it was in or <laughs> anything. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a funky one. I will commit to running a blog post. I'll tell you more about what gluten actually is. I'll give you some of the hidden gluten, um, some more things besides soy sauce, dressings and demi glaze. Um, yeah. And then just ask me questions again, podcast at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. Send in if you have some cool recipes or you have some cool tips, but a lot of places are really taking care of people now. So it's great. So Nicole, why don't you tell us about our sponsor? Okay. So let's talk about Spark. So what is Spark? Spark for me was the thing, once I got in the program, I had all of these great ideas of things that I wanted to try, things I wanted to change, all these goals I had set, but that's kind of where they ended. I just set these lovely goals and then I never did anything anything about them. There was no improvement. And being in the Spark program is like really what ignited me to like make these goals take these steps, create action steps of what I needed to do in order to move forward. So I planned out the whole, I'm ready to get a new job. And I planned out how I want to go to yoga teacher training. And I had all these things I always wanted to do, but I never went to the actual planning phase and 
signing up and making them happen and making the moves. And this program is what really got me over that hump. And I got into the action phase of things. And I feel like that's when life started to like be more in my control. I started doing the things I wanted, the things I was excited about. And I was actually moving forward. And I just needed, I needed something to hold me accountable, something to inspire me and get me like ready to commit to this and kind of out of that dreaming phase, which is really easy to get stuck in and ready to move into that action. All right, let's let's change some stuff. Let's really live the life you want to live. And I think that is where that's where I'm at now. Like I am living the way I want to live. I am the person I wanted to be. And Spark is just literally what catapulted me there. It's so awesome. And that's exactly the intention of it is for us to get clear on what we want to do and then actually do it because life is short and we have great lives and we can get stuck in a rut or sadness or loneliness or just maybe life is pretty good, but not as inspired as we want it to be. So yeah, so I really hope you guys will join us. Um, it's online. So you get to do it at your own pace. Um, it's over five weeks. You get the content for six months, but we, I just launched a new kind of version of it online. So go to AngelaWagnerCoaching.com and from now until June 1st, you can save $50 on the program. So you have to sign up in the next couple weeks and um, put in the promo code spring cleaning and included you get unlimited email access to me on your program for the five weeks. And then you also get three one-to-one coaching calls so I can work with you individually. And that's where you're going to really start to see changes when you have not only an accountability person, but I can help coach you through some of the things that, that maybe you've been stuck with. So join us because we love this work and we're so excited. And it's really like, I mean, you'll see a lot of the content we talk about on the podcast and start applying to your life. And Angela is really good at that magic she works. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> I've got magic voodoo over here. <laughs> it is. I don't know what it is, but as soon as I see it start pouring out, I'm like, oh, man, she's good. <laughs> You're sweet. Okay, so you have a try this and a shout out to finish this off. Yes. So the try this this week is that I like this one. Go one full week removing one thing you might think be aggravating your stomach. So one thing from your diet, whatever that one thing is after you eat it. So for me, it's always like the dairy. I know the dairy upsets my stomach. So like remove it and just kind of see what happens for the rest of the week. Like find that one thing and then just give it a try. See how life is different, what comes up for you. See if you notice any changes. Yeah, it really, so many of these little things make such a big difference. I remember once I'd started using sweet and low in my tea. I started drinking a lot of um, iced tea in the summer and I just would always get the stomach ache. And one day I was like, I wonder if it's the sweet and low. And I, I just for a week went without it. And I was like, oh, that's what it was. Boom. No more sweet and low. Totally. Done. <laughs> and it also gives you an opportunity to explore other types of foods and things if you're like cutting one thing out, like getting out of your norm. So it's nice to like kind of explore what other options are out there and you may find something new. Yes. All right, y'all. You have been challenged. Bring it on. Here we go. And our shout out this week goes to my lovely neighbors who live just across the alleyway in uh, in downtown Dallas in our townhomes. We have... 
each home has two single garages. So like I have a garage and Vic has a garage and which is so weird to have two garages. <laughs> so weird to have two garages. That is weird. Ah, you know, cause usually you just picture it to be one, but we have two separate little doors and it happens all of the time when you close the garage door, when we're going in like at night, at the end of the day, I will always hit the wrong one. And so I will open the one that I'm trying to close. And so what ends up happening is they both end up being open. But in my mind, I'm certain that I closed it because I pushed the button. But really, I just opened Vicks now. So now both garages are open. But anyway, uh, this week I left both garages open and it was like the middle of the night and the neighbor from across the way called us and he was like, you never leave your garage open. He was like, I just wanted to let you guys know. I just ran in there. I closed them for you and I ran back out and jumped over the little sensor thing because he's like, I knew you guys were in there because your car was in there. <laughs> and he's like, I just didn't want anybody to go in. And I was like, oh, so he went in your garage, pressed the thing and hopped over the sensor. Totally. Because it was the <laughs> middle of the, it was the middle of the night. And so when he called, like our phones are in do not disturb mode. So we wouldn't have even we wouldn't even have heard it, it would have literally been like that all night until the next morning. And so when we didn't answer, he just he just dove right in there. Closed it and ran right back, <laughs> ran back out, jumped over that sensor, and then he sent us a message uh, to let us know. And I was like so grateful to be like in this huge city where a lot of people don't even know their neighbors at, at all when you're in such a big city. And we were just, I was so grateful that he did that because otherwise it would have literally been open all night. <laughs> yeah. And you don't, yeah, you don't know what could have been stolen or if they no. could have gotten in your house or whatever. Yeah. I just, oh, I have this picture of him like hurtling over the sensor. Oh, exactly. Exactly what it would have looked like. And, you know, we have all of our gym equipment and stuff in, in there. Cause that's where we, we do all of our working out. Like, Oh, we would have been very disappointed if anything walked away and we're on a very busy street with a lot of foot traffic. So, I mean, it's, you know, very likely someone could have seen, could have seen in there. So it was, we were very lucky and Yes, I was extremely grateful, and I can just imagine this really, really nice lawyer guy like ninja chopping it across our garage. <laughs> oh, I wish we had a picture of that one. I know. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome neighbors, I'm telling you. It makes life so joyful. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spark. We love doing this podcast, and we couldn't do it without you. If you have a few extra minutes, please do us an act of kindness and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And tell your friends. You can find the show notes and blog posts at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. And we've been posting some really fun stuff on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Coach A Wags. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and discover what it is that sparks you.